It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Kezia Noble, welcome to the show. Welcome to World's Best. Hello. Thank you for having me. Kezia, what are you the best in the world at? Uh, teaching men how to increase their success rate with women. And why is that so important in this day and age? Well, it's important um, every day and age. Um, men want to be with women, Not unless they're gay, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, men want to do well with women. And maybe they don't want to sleep with lots of women. Maybe they want to be in a relationship with one certain woman. But very few men want to be alone and uh, have no partner or no experience with women at all. So it's not something that's specific for now. Um, it's something that has always been there, that, that need. Um, however, if you're asking why is coaching maybe significant now, that's uh, coaching in that area, that's, um, that's a different story. I saw a video on your massive YouTube channel, you're doing an amazing job with all the amazing content on there. And the, the title was around the Me Too movement has destroyed cold approach for men. Are you able to explain a bit more about that? Sure. Um, so the Me Too movement, but it's not just the Me Too movement. Unfortunately, it's also the rise of dating apps, the over-reliance of dating apps that has um, stop men from approaching women and from people just meeting organically. Now, refresh my memory. When was that video made roughly? That was about a year ago, I think. Yeah. Started 2021. Yeah. Okay. So funny enough, things have changed a lot since then um, because of the restrictions and everyone being forced into their houses and having to use gadgets and, and apps and so on to connect with people there's been a real shift now people are starting to long for that old-fashioned way of meeting people again um the me too movement it's died out in one way as like it's reached its zenith now it's kind of it it's it peaked and now it's kind of like fourth wave feminism and things like that and people are kind of like oh i'm done now with this not done with the fact that where me too came from because that was something that was very important what it addressed. But it's the kind of like, it's everything that sort of jumped on the bandwagon from that, that I think sort of made it sort of peak. And now people are like, okay, I'm done now with this. I am done. Um, not every man is a predator. You know, um, not every woman is a victim. Not everybody wants to live in a society where a man can't approach a woman. Okay, there are some. And let them have their dating apps. Um, and if they looked into um, dating apps a bit more and they saw how many, sorry to make this interview a little bit serious so soon, but you know, there's a, a lot of date rapes from the dating apps, which is completely for some reason ignored. And dating apps are just encouraged, ignoring this very important um, statistic, you know, in, information. Um, so to answer your question, I think that it's starting to change. As I said, people are starting to want to approach and learn how to meet people through the old fashioned way and have that face to face connection because they're kind of getting sick of the dating apps and they're getting sick of being alone because that's what happens if people are not allowed to approach and talk to each other, then you decrease your opportunities and chances of meeting someone and being with someone. And as a lot of people know, the dating apps, even though they are marketed as a shortcut to meeting someone, they are anything but. 
They are massive time wasters. They absorb, they suck time. Um, and then you meet people who more and more look less and less like their profile photographs and they can't talk very well. They're not, you know, their banter was on point through messaging, face-to-face, nothing to say, not much personality because they've been hiding behind an editing, you know, button for so long. So, as I say, it's like, it's a mixture of the Me Too, that kind of fourth wave feminism, that kind of like over, overkill of like, you know, men shouldn't even talk to women, that kind of, that and the dating apps, I think it's reached its peak. Now people are saying, right, fuck this, fuck this, time to meet people in a more authentic way. Well, amen, and and, uh, absolutely no need to apologise for taking this down as serious because it is serious, Kezia, it is serious. that There is a real concern for for men and women who aren't able to connect, and there's someone who used uh, Tinder and Bumble, which was the two main apps at the time, to go on at least 150 first dates, which I've been told by a few people is just a child's play compared to some other people, but they were first dates and that was over two years worth of dating. And the only benefit really was that I got phenomenally good at dating. Uh, That was, but it it took away that ability to connect uh, instantly with that chemistry, that physical chemistry that, that you cannot replicate in a dating app. And when I was eventually able to meet my smoking hot Russian and Japanese fiance Anna, uh, it was in person. And and it was because about six months earlier, I deleted all my dating apps and took away the reliance on connecting. Um, the dating apps is quite interesting. It's quite interesting because, um, by the way, that's good that it helped improve your dating. Um, but what I find is that a lot of people say that they miss the adrenaline that they get from approaching a woman. That's quite interesting, I find, because um, women don't experience that. Women don't really approach men. But the men I speak to say, I miss that adrenaline. I miss that kind of like just going up to a woman and saying, this could be it. She might reject me, but this could be it. I could be on a date with her tomorrow. I could be sleeping with this woman in two days. That's that's exciting. Um, and also another thing about approaching women is that it helps to sharpen up your skills all round. It makes you think quickly. It makes you more dynamic. It makes you, it puts you in the moment. And these are skills which make a man, if, if you if you work on these skills, if you get good at them, can make a man so attractive. Whereas, you know, sitting there like a, you know, couch potato, sitting in your living room, drinking alcohol, you know, eating bad food, scrolling through your phone. Oh, yeah, she's all right. She's okay. Yeah, she's hot. Just doing that is not an attractive look. But that's why I don't use dating apps because I just have this idea that, first of all, I'm being vomited out by an algorithm um, to somebody else and he's being vomited out to me and he's just sitting there probably on the toilet or something going through his phone. <laughs> Or, you know, I'm sitting there in my pyjamas, you know, like, mm, like that, no makeup on, you know, and a glass of white wine. I'm like, no, that is so unromantic. No, thank you. Maybe I'll do it when I'm 60 years old or something and I'm looking for a partner, a companion. But I am not um, doing, I, I, I just, it leaves, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And every time I've gone on a date with a guy who I've met in person, I'm so excited for that date. Like it just feels it's meant to be. And that's the sort of romantic kind of um, authentic kind of um, experience that I think everybody wants, right? Well, speaking of want, you've written a beautiful book called How to Make Her Want You. And for anyone listening that that needs some help, this is the book that I wish that I had five years ago. It's it's so helpful um, and, and written from a female perspective gives it that extra layer of credibility, I think. What made you write the book? Um, so I wrote a book back in 2010 and um, that was called 
my god, I've got my own book. It's called. It's a weird um, name for a book. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that was the name. No, you know what? The name was actually picked by the publishing company, which is why I've always had this kind of. I don't like the title. It's a good book. I don't like the title. It's called. It's a bit book. seducing or something. Yeah, the noble art of seducing women. That's right. Thank you. The Noble Art of Seducing Women. <laughs> and I remember I said to my publishing company, please don't call it that. And they're like, no, it's a good spin on your name. You've got this great surname. You can do a lot of that surname. I'm like, yeah, but it's really trashy. But anyway, it's a good book. They didn't fiddle around with the book. And then they put that out there. And I love that book. It's it's great book. It's a really good book. But I just felt in 2000, and I think I did the other book in 2018, 17, I just felt it needs... It needs an advanced version. Like there are people out there who want to learn more advanced game. Um, and there was other things that it's just it didn't cover. So um, I decided to put it in an ebook. Um, I didn't even tell my publisher. So I said, no, I'm doing this one on my own. You know, I felt like I wanted to do this on my own, have control over it and things. I didn't want them changing names and things like that. And so, yeah, that's why I wrote it. It's a more, it's more advanced. Um, and I prefer it, to be honest. And who does it suit? Who needs to read this book? Any guy that sucks with women. <laughs> no, it's actually, <laughs> the scope is wider than that. It's for any guy who wants to improve his game. So even if he's like, this is the good thing about this book. It's like, even if you are quite good, you know, you're, you're, you're happy with the results, but you think, you know what, something like, I'm not getting the girls that I really want or that type of girl, or I still keep making this kind of mistake then that book will fix it for you. What, what I think is so important about what you're doing and what people like uh, Dr. Robert Glover, who wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy, and even people like Dr. John Gray, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venice are doing, is that, that I'm a child of divorce, kids, yeah. Three and a half, mum and dad split up, did the best they could with the tools they had available. My father, uh, who I love, adore, and is, uh, has been forgiven, was a weak man because of what he experienced. He didn't have the tools, resources, and knowledge to, to lead by example. So I had poor male role models in my life, and that led me to being a nice guy. Are you able to explain what is a nice guy? Well, of course, yeah. So <clears throat> it's it's a bit more complex than people think, a bit more complex, a bit more complicated um so if I was going to really simplify it you've got the good guy and the bad guy okay so you've got the guy who's who's great and he's amazing he's kind wonderful supportive and then you've got the guy who's just kind of like take or leave it don't give a shit bit out for himself um uh untrustworthy and then you've got the guy in the middle who's a nice guy now the good guy and the bad guy, they both do pretty well with women. The bad guy will get more kind of like toxic women. He'll attract. He will attract women. So if you see the bad guy, say, oh, he gets all the beautiful women. But then you look at the quality of the relationship. It's pretty bad. The woman has a lot of daddy issues, just a lot of sort of toxic relationships in the past and things. And I'm not going to get too much into the psyche of a woman that's attracted to a bad guy. But he will attract women. And then you've got the great guy and he'll, he'll attract really high quality women. The good guy, what he does is he shows elements of the bad guy, I always say. Okay, it's like a shadow side. And the bad guy will show elements of the good guy. That's his shadow side. And that's what's attractive. So, um, again, it's really, really complex, this. And I've written, like, this is a whole chapter in my book about what exactly they both do. The contrast of the good guy and the bad guy the contrast that make it, the shadow sides that make them attractive and how you can implement that. The nice guy doesn't have a shadow side. He's one dimensional. He doesn't have this shadow side. He doesn't have this contrast. Um, you can second guess him very easily. And women don't like that. They don't want to second guess a guy. They don't want someone crazy, unpredictable. I'm not saying that. But they don't want somebody that they just know what they're going to say next. The nice guy does not have a strong reality. He bends his own um, bends his own reality in accordance with the woman's. So he will agree with what she says. Um, he's in a very playing not to lose mindset rather than playing to win. Um, bland, forgettable, and replaceable, as I always say. Um, and so this is where a lot of people think 
the nice guy's the good guy and he's not. He's not, he might do some good things. Like he might be, you know, might hold the door open for the girl and he might pick up the check and he might do, you know, nice gestures like this. But we're talking about all the other things that are around it that are, are the things that are making her not recoil from him or anything like that, but just doesn't whet her appetite, doesn't make her curious about him, want to invest in him. And it's interesting when you said that you had um, weak male um, weak male models that is um, what the nice guy is he comes across as very weak so you can be a kind thoughtful caring man and you don't have to come across weak you know they are they're not ex- exclusive to to one another so that's the nice guy you just you, you've seen him about and, and what the nice guy does is he thinks that this is a really clever plan he thinks he'll get her by going under the radar. You know, like she'll eventually go, you know what? He's such a nice guy. I'll sleep with him. You know what? I've <laughs> yeah. realized he's, he's not like the other guys. He's so nice. I'm going to sleep with him. <laughs> See, no one ever. <laughs> exactly. I've never heard a woman say, I just could not resist him. I had to have him because he was so nice. He was amazing. I've heard. He got me. He understood me. I, I've heard that. But because he was so nice, I haven't heard. And that's the problem. The nice guy, again, playing not to lose. He thinks, I'll just carry on. I'll just carry on being nice. And eventually, she'll wake up one day and say, he's the man. He's the one. I've been blind. I haven't I haven't seen this. I, I, I can't believe I missed this. I hope that gives a sort of as an accurate um, explanation of who he is. No, it's fantastic. And I can hear... Young men, men's hearts breaking all around the world, <laughs> listening to this going, ah, oh, fuck, that's me. <laughs> and the good news is, gentlemen, the good news is that you can turn it around because I used to be a subservient little cuckold little bitch. And now I've turned into this ferocious masculine man who's empowered with the feminine energy of my my amazing lady. And, uh, and, I, and I would love to know, once once the man has got his shit sorted, right, and that's what I had to do, and I had to get to a point where I actually respected who I was and actually loved who I was in order for me to be loved. And let's say you get to that point, what's a great line that you've been, someone said to you, a pickup line that's worked that you can share with our audience? Oh, uh, look, it's You can not paraphrase, a- paraphrase if you need to. But it's not a line. I can't say, oh, this line worked for Introductory me. statement. They came up to you and they said. <laughs> you have to remember, I've had a lot of lines said to me over the years. <laughs> it was ever since, I think, when did well, I become pretty? I, I think I became pretty when I got to about, I was about 15. So ever since, uh, we're going, I'm 41 You said when you became pretty. Yeah, so I got chatted up. I wasn't chatted up before 15. I was I, I was probably an ugly duck. No, I wasn't an ugly duck. <laughs> Grown into my looks. Well, let, let me let I didn't me have boobs. Anyway. Let, let me uh, let me ask you this. So, this is the line that I used to meet Anna, and I met oh. her in the streets of Melbourne, stone cold sober. I spied her from forty meters away, and I was struck by a bolt of lightning. And I can only describe the next experience as being picked up by a, like an extraterrestrial force, levitated towards her, plonked in front of her, and with the courage of a thousand Spartan warriors. I looked her dead in the eye and I said. Excuse me, but you are stunning. And I wondered if you'd have a drink with me one time. So you use direct approach. You know what? You just said it in such a romantic way, and I just completely destroyed it with my, you know, my <laughs> dating and attraction terminology. Oh, so you went direct. And <laughs> when a guy approaches me now, I like I, I enjoy the moment. I go, he went direct, and then he did that, and he broke the ball. <laughs> And he doesn't know he's doing it, so it doesn't bother me. But, okay, so you went direct. You gave her a compliment, and you're 100% committed to that moment. Oh, yeah. Dear eye contact. Didn't yeah. break Didn't break the gaze. How, how would that rate in your coaching feedback form? Well, it's what we teach. It's if our students want to, you know, meet women, especially in, in the daytime. It can be day or night. We give them a – did you meet in the day or night, by the way? During the day, 11, 11 a.m. Okay, so daytime, you it's I prefer direct. It's not always, you don't have to always do it, but direct is quite good because 
with night game, when you go out in the evening, the person's probably going to be, they're more, um, they're in that kind of frame of mind of meeting people and putting aside some time to talk to people. Um, it's not weird to talk to people in the evening. It's socially acceptable. So you can kind of use a non-direct um, opener and then you can escalate. But with the daytime, it's kind of like someone's approaching a day it's like either the person is going to make up bullshit, like where's near a Starbucks line, or they're going to just put their heart on their sleeve and say, look, this is why I'm speaking to you. Um, so, yeah, that's what you did. You were fully committed to the moment. If you go in with a direct approach and you're not sure, you're uncertain, a bit nervous, the woman won't hear the approach. She'll just hear the nerves. And that indicates to her, look, I'm, I'm doing something which is totally out of line and I'm uncomfortable with this experience. I'm not, my words are confident. I'm not confident. And that is going to make her feel like, no, I don't want to go on a date with this guy. I think it's okay if you're a young guy, if you're really young, I got chatted up by a 20, I like young men by the way. And I got chatted up by a 23 year old in the summer. We ended up having a relationship. It was 23 and he used it indirect. And I thought, bless him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> He's 23 and he probably has never really done this and that's okay, but you would have been, how long have you been with your good lady for? Well, I was 30, 38 when it happened. Okay, so you're a man, you know, grown-ass man. Yeah, they have no excuse. they got to do it with absolute watertight confidence. And, yeah, look, I love it. Now you're with the, the woman of your dreams. Um, and how good did that feel to meet her that way. Imagine if you'd met her via a dating app and you were still like happy as you are now. Wait, you know, you would never have had that story that you just shared. And I think it's a really important distinction, Kezia, because I knew deep down, interestingly enough, that I, when I was on, on, the, when I was on the dating apps, that I, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to meet the person that I'm supposed to be with here. This is going to be a means to an end. <clears throat> and, uh, and I treated it in that way. And when I said before, you know, the one benefit was learning how to date. Don't get me wrong. I would have preferred to have met Anna two years prior, like, and not invest like the thousands of hours, the thousands of hours. And the one thing I would say about that line, and it was kind of like a rhetorical question. Yeah. What do you think of that line? Well, obviously it works, right? Because her response was this. She goes, you're a good looking too. <laughs> She's Russian, right? And, They're very uh, straightforward, the Russians. They're very, there's no bullshit with them at all. And and I think that's why, and I'd always, like, uh, we'd written lists about our ideal person within two and four weeks of before we met each other, interestingly, no. right? Right? Yeah. So the power of, of being clear about the kind of person that you want, I think, is a really important distinction. I think you talk about this in terms of, uh attracting the right person. If you don't have any clue about who you want to meet, how the fuck are you supposed to meet them? Yeah, I we do teach uh, men how to um, be very clear about what they want from their ideal partner. Now, it's amazing when we meet people who are not our type. Let's face it. You know, when you meet someone that's not your type, you're like, I really am fucking nuts. I'm, 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 I'm bats about this person. And and you can't explain it because they're not your type. And we have to always be open to that possibility. However, if you do have a clear idea of what you're looking for, it will help you in terms of your conversation skills, using uh, qualification, positive and negative validation. I prefer positive validation, but you can use both. Um, both are effective when you meet a woman. Because a lot of guys come to me, my clients, and they say, and I say, well, what type of woman are you looking for? Now, women are very detailed, whereas men will say stuff like, uh, good sense of humor, keeps fit, attractive. Right. <laughs> so what they're doing is they think, okay, that's going to send, that's going to communicate I'm open-minded. And people like open-minded people in general. But often it is communicated as I'll have whatever I can get. And that's not attractive. So having a type, saying, look, you know, Attraction is attraction at the end of the day. It can happen with people that don't fit the list, and I'm open to that. That's that's great. But still, going in there and meeting a woman and thinking, okay, she's physically my type. Now let's see if she has the other attributes I'm looking for. If you're going in there going, well, the only attribute I'm looking for is that she's a nice person, which is 
wow, I mean, it's very vague. What does that mean even? Um, or she's got a good sense of humor. What your sense of humor, uh, this kind of sense of humor, that kind of sense of humor. And then what happens is you'll find that she will have the power will be in her favor rather than in your favor. You want to, you want to uh, level out the scales a little bit and she knows what she wants. So you play her own game. I mean, I don't always like using that kind of terminology, play at their own game, but I do want my clients to go in there and say, right, let's see what else. You can't say, you can't go in there. Let me just rewind this a bit. So I always, for my clients who have bad approach anxiety, I always say, look, every woman's a five. Every woman's a five until you get to know her. Then she can move up to six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, but if you're going in there and you don't know what things are going to, be like the big, you know, X, like I'm walking away, that's a red flag. And what things are like, okay, she's a keeper. If you're not really exactly aware of what they are, then the whole idea of her being a five to begin with is bullshit because you're just going to immediately say, oh, she's a 10 because she's beautiful. And as long as she's nice, that's all I really care about. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think an important distinction as well, uh, in, in my journey of sobriety, Kezia, I became a lot more dialed into my intuition and and the interestingly the the quality of the women that I was dating uh, as I transitioned to being sober in 2016 and I went from dating drinking to dating sober and I went probably on more than a hundred of those dates stone cold sober that in itself is a really interesting experience speed dating sober is a very interesting experience because I was forced to confront my reality and and so it really it leveled me up at a pace far faster than I was used to. And and what I wanted to ask you about is Anna, when she's not with me, will get approached occasionally, well, more than occasionally, by guys that think she's attractive. And she is, I'm not just saying that because she's my lady. She's stunning, right? She's a 10 inside and out, y'all. What's some great feedback? What's some some terminology that the women can use when they get approached, when they're in relationships, to encourage men to keep these these cold approaches going? Because I think this is healthy. We need to encourage this and not dismiss it. Okay, so sorry, just to get this right. So if, for instance, uh, you want me to... to You're in a relationship. You're in a relationship. Yeah. And and I come up to you to, to approach, and rather than you say, fuck off, I'm married... Like what's that, what's a functional response that you can to, to encourage someone who's probably, you know, buzzing with adrenaline and, and got this cold approach anxiety and. No, I look, I'm in two minds here. Okay. So first of all, I don't believe in wasting people's time. I don't believe in wasting people's time. You say, you know, listen, first of all, I always thank someone for giving me a compliment. I always say, I always make a little joke about it. I said, Oh, I say thank you. I had it. A few, I had it the other day, a few times. I don't know why. I didn't look that great that day, but I had a couple of guys, and I just said, "Oh, thank you. You're very, you're very kind." And I carried on walking, and then they sort of followed me a little bit and tried to stop me again. And uh, I listened to what they said, and I smiled, and I said, "You know, I'm I'm 41 years old," and they kind of went, "Oh, like that," because <laughs> they were quite. They didn't think I was going to be that age, and I I kind of make a joke like that, like uh, I'm old enough to be your mom or. Um, something like this, but I won't waste their time and let them carry on chatting me up and then say, excuse me, I'm not interested. You can jog on now because um, a lot of guys are doing it because they don't want to waste time, you know, approaching, using direct. um, The reason for it is partly is is, is to stop wasting time. So I don't believe in leading them on and letting them have their fun. If, if you genuinely are not going to give them your number, I don't believe that. It's not fair yeah. to them. So I just, I make a joke about me being an old croak or something like that. And, you know, I won't say bugger off or be rude or anything like that. No. Well, what about this? Because this is what Anna does on occasion. And I've seen this um, from a fairly short distance away. <clears throat> I'm not a jealous guy. Uh, for it's not that I would never be jealous, but I'm so s- settled and I'm uh, embedded in my own securities and the, the type of relationship that I don't have any doubt. There's never any 
issues with that. So if someone was to come up and approach Anna, some of the things she says is, you know, thank you for thank you for the nice compliment. If they've asked her out or whatever, she'll she'll encourage them. <clears throat> she'll say, I'm actually, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually engaged, but thank you for for doing that. And I would encourage you to keep keep trying it until you meet your ideal person and occasionally oh, sure. Yeah, no, she's yeah, doing yeah, the right sorry. thing. That's great. She's giving a pep talk to them. That's great. I thought that she was kind of not telling them that she was engaged and letting them just carry on. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. No, yeah, no, no. Sorry. Like yeah, that's, that's that's kind of what I do. I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm 41. Don't, you don't want to, I, I, I've got a kid. Uh, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to meet someone like me um, at your age. And, um, but, you know, I wish them all the best. Yeah. But then they like one of them say to me, I say, or sometimes I go, What's your name? And I go, Kezia Noble. And they go, I knew it was you. And then they run off. <laughs> they run. They don't say, Oh, how did I do? Like it's really annoying. Like I think sometimes they didn't say, How did you, how did I do? I'll tell you a funny story. I was so when I was pregnant, which is years ago now, um, I was uh, I was I had a very um I was one of those mums uh, mums to be that didn't put on any weight just had the the belly at the front and it was a kind of little belly but it it was sort of that way you know like some women they get all the sort of, it goes everywhere the fat mine was just the belly and everywhere else I looked I I didn't I never wore maternity clothes I didn't go up one size in clothes because I was just so nauseous and anyway boring pregnancy stories that your listeners are not interested in but anyway if you'd be surprised Apart from the fact that I was walking slowly, and this is when I was nine months pregnant, apart from the fact I was walking slowly, you would have thought I just looked like um, <laughs> a woman who wasn't pregnant. And this guy, <laughs> this guy ran, and he ran in front of me and stopped me like that, like a proper kind of like pickup um, kind of gesture to stop a woman. And he was very nice. He must have been about 21 or something. He stopped me and he goes, uh, hey, I just wanted to say, I think you're really stunning. And then his eyes just went to my belly. <laughs> and I just said, thanks. And I walked off and I looked back and he was still in that, like that position. You know? He was like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. That was very funny. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on men giving women genuine compliments about how they look with no sexual intent like let's say me in a committed relation if i say if i um, pay someone a compliment a female a compliment what are your thoughts on that in well, well in what what respect you mean like the fact that you are with someone do i think that's appropriate or just in like yeah, it's like it, like let's say we're at the supermarket and we're at the checkout and there's a young a young checkout chick there. Uh, forgive the terminology for those that aren't used to that. And uh, let's say like she's got a really amazing nails, and you just it's it's like a do you know what no. you got really amazing nails, like fine no. no oh god no 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 it, it, look it depends on your relationship and you know what you what your partner finds appropriate and not obviously um there are some women out there who are mad jealous of anything that their partners do or say so um no i think it's fine wouldn't i don't know wouldn't even give it a second thought something like that yeah and i think it's i think it is fine too but you have to be prepared to be on the other end of it you have to let your female partner do the same thing and see how that makes you feel and that's the way I always put myself in the position of how would how would I feel if Anna did that and I think what what are your thoughts on that as a technique to keep things level oh no yeah oh as a technique uh, to keep things kind of like before I make before I make any decision to pay someone a compliment or like how would I feel if Anna did that to a male to another guy. No, no, you answer that to me. Well, I, I can't read your mind. What would you, <laughs> how would you feel? How would you feel? Well, it's it varies, and it. But what me having that mindset has made our relationship better because I don't do and say things without thinking about them like I used to. There wasn't as much consideration. Uh, it's just a respect thing. There's a lot of there's a huge amount of respect in the relationship we have. And, and the beautiful thing about it, Kezia, is that we have such an uh, an uh, an honest 
relationship that if if we want to talk about bringing a third person into the relationship to experiment with swinging or bringing yeah. you know whatever like and it's not that we've done any of this stuff yet right but it, it's fun to think about it and then you can get on the same level well, what would this look like and then you go oh actually that's oh that's not something i'd actually want rather than bearing it down and i think that's a really important part of a healthy functional relationship what would you do if she suggested bringing another man into the bedroom with you though well woman probably yeah and this is this is well let's go from the opposite so it's always guys always you know it's a big fantasy for a lot of men to have two women right but for some men i know some men like to have another man because they can watch the other man pleasuring their wife Uh, yes i agree when when it has come up in conversation, I need to be prepared for her to say, "What about bringing an, a, a guy?" And and then when I started thinking about that, I was like, "Right now, at this point in my life, it's not something that I'm interested in doing." Um, but if it was something that she was really serious about doing, then we could discuss it further. But it hasn't come up to that point, so um, you have to be open to. All of your the, the fantasies and the the dreams and the ideas of, you know, in order to if you're making a commitment to to remain in a, in a monogamous relationship, then you need to you know be open to how you can spice things up if it gets if it gets a little bit dull, you know. Of course, yeah. I mean, look. To be honest, um, I've been with my fair share of guys. Um, we won't go any further than that. But in terms of relationships. I've had three. I've only had three long-term relationships. And I know for a fact that those three guys would never, ever even consider sharing me with anyone. Even They wouldn't even have a, no, there would be no way that they would have um, a man come along. Even a woman, they would be a bit, they'd be more open to it. Really? Yeah, they were very, very, I think the three men that I was with, were quite um, because I think they knew. Oh, I've got to be careful how that I, you know, been a bit promiscuous. Maybe let's put it that way. In my past, that they kind of were a bit like worried that I was going to do, you know, I was going to go off with other guys. So they were quite not possessive, but a little bit jealous. Yeah, which I think is, you know, can be natural, and and maybe I'm a bit of an enigma. Like I'm very centered. And uh, and, and I've, Anna and I have discussed this and was talking about this yesterday, in fact, that if she ever committed infidelity of any type, that'd be it. And I expect the same in return. And when you are prepared to walk away from that, uh, and some of the guys that I coach, you know, a guy I was talking to the other day, like I'd been married for 27 years, and and I said to him, what, what would you do if your wife cheated on you? And would you stay or go? He said, like, the epitome of a nice guy, and that's why we're working together. He said, I'd stay, and I just bowed my no, head and listen, shook mate, it. Right, Mate, listen, mate, on a level here, I can't tell you how people – it's it, – I look at me. I'm like <laughs> – For those who can't see, she's got her head in her hands. <laughs> okay, let me look. She'll never listen to this, and she's kind of a friend, not really, but she'll never listen to this. But she – really was punching above her weight. She ended up, this girl, <laughs> she's a size 20. Wow. Um, she's got medieval teeth. <laughs> she's a nice girl. Go, don't get me wrong. She's a nice girl. She's, she's all right. She's a sweet girl. And she's married a guy, and he's a multimillionaire in crypto. He's not great looking, but he's okay. He's no, he's he is quite good looking, slim and stuff. But he's like, you know, think about it. This guy's a millionaire, and that means already, and and quite good looking. That means he already can have his pick, you mm-hmm. know, straight away. And she can't. And I remember there was one evening, and they were engaged, and we all went to meet. They had a party at the house, and we all went to the house, and there was a kind of joke thing there where. Someone said, you know, if you had a choice between sleeping with whoever you lost your virginity to or sleeping with Kezia, losing your virginity to Kezia, 
who would you pick? And then all the guys said, yeah, Kezia, I would have rather lost my virginity to Kezia. Now, the guy hadn't lost his virginity to this woman, okay? So that wasn't like the problem. And she just stormed off. And I remember him like almost crying and, and running after her and panicking. And I was like, oh my God, like, do you know your value? And the whole party had to be stopped, everyone leave. And I was like, you should have just turned around and say, how dare you fucking behave yourself like that? How dare you? It was a fucking game. You could have said to me privately after, look, you know, I wasn't very comfortable with that. We could, but just storm off, shut the door. She was drunk, you know, drunk mess and him running like that. Oh my God, oh my God. What if she calls off the engagement? You'll find another woman, you know, <laughs> she's like 20 stone. And I see so many guys and women doing it, but men, especially, which I've noticed, they are absolutely shitting themselves at the idea that their 20 stone wife might leave or their 20 stone girlfriend or their girlfriend who adds no value to their life at all, who lives off them, who lives off them is going to walk out. Like, do you not understand the power that you have your leverage? They're, They're not aware of their leverage. If you said to that woman, you know what? There's a door. Bye, darling. She will be begging to come back because she can't afford to live anywhere. She can't do her stupid online crap and live in that address that you provided for her. No, I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe how much I've seen this. And I'm, I'm sorry, I know that I'm sounding like some crazy person on a, on a monologue rant here, but I don't, un- I don't understand it. How have men allowed themselves? Why do they not see their leverage? I understand if the guy was like living with the woman and she was paying for everything and or, or this woman was like a fucking 10, you know, like she was like, you'll never get a woman that looks like that ever again. I kind of there maybe get it a little bit that he'd be concerned if the if it was breaking up the relationship. But these men who allow these women to hold, what's it called, hold the cards, call the shots, you're like, but she has no leverage. She's fucked without you. And that's my end of my my rant i should be on fox news or something shouldn't I? <laughs> tucker carlson coming up next now, well, what do you I, think of what i said i'd love to hear your opinion on that well he, like if we're being totally frank and honest which is what i love about podcasting and being able to use this platform i couldn't agree with you anymore it, it's really it's unattractive right. it's unattractive from functional beautiful women to see a man like that they the, the women that the men actually want don't find that behavior attractive. And what I've found has helped me a lot, Kezia, is I look at everything through an evolutionary lens. I look at my diet and my nutrition through an evolution. I look at moving through an evolutionary lens. I look at procreation and dating through an evolutionary lens. Like we are hardwired as men to look, for, heterosexual men, to look for the healthiest mate possible to procreate. You can't deny that stuff, Why right? Men? So, okay, so can I just, right, can I just stop you there and challenge you? Sure. Okay, you're looking for healthy women that you can procreate with, yes? So why are so many men marrying big, fat women who are not going to be healthy, who aren't going to procreate so easily? Because we all know that, you know, if you are obese, it's harder for you to have a baby. So I don't understand the logic in that. Okay, so I'm going to go a bit deep here. Here's my theory. This is just my thoughts on this, right? And I'm sure other people would agree and maybe some would disagree. What has happened to modern society? We have allowed ourselves to be numbed out by improper nutrition, by excessive drugs and alcohol and the other like bullshit behaviors that exist. And we've lost our innate intuition. We've lost our ability to rely on our, on our natural instincts. <clears throat> when you're playing Xbox till two in the morning and drinking two bottles of wine or whatever you're doing as a man, how the fuck are you going to be able to connect with someone at a at a real emotional level or a you know an intuitive level and and I think it's really important a lot of the coaching I do starts with nutrition as well like get your body right you'll naturally start looking healthy you'll become way more attractive to the opposite sex in whatever you do and uh and and base it on that and see how you go and come take two of those and call me in the morning okay that's that's interesting I think um I think there's a lot of things. I think that's one of them. But going back to, you know, this, I think that what 
one of your biggest strengths, guys, what you can use. And even if it's, you know, even if it's just a bluff, is to say, there's the door. And I've used that myself on a couple of sort of small relationships, not long term. But the guy's like, oh, I don't like where this is going. There's a the door. Bye. I wish you all the best. And suddenly, boom, they, oh, oh my God, she means it. She means it. Or, or he means it. Whatever it is. It's a very, very powerful thing to do. It's very powerful to just say, you know what? You're right. There's a the door. I wish you all the best. It's been wonderful. You're probably right. It's probably called cool that. Just doing that all the power comes back to you. People don't do it enough. If someone says that they're thinking about leaving, I don't mean like if you're in a really long, serious relationship where you've done something wrong or there's there's some sort of something that can be fixed. I'm talking about the other person sort of testing you a bit. Oh, you know, I've been thinking, I'm not sure if I want this. First thing you do with them, you're probably right. Go with your instinct. Go Always go with your instinct. That's what I say. And if that's your instinct telling you to do that, there's the door they will come running back because people are attracted to people who don't need them and have other options. If you start saying, hey, don't leave me, I'm great, our relationship's great, what can we do to solve this? That says, I have no other options, I need you. If you say to someone, there's a door and you do it in a really, in a, in a, in a not in a, like, there's a door, get out, I never wanna see you again. No, that's stupid, that's doing the same thing as saying I need you. But actually saying, I think you're right, I think you'd be better off without me, I think you'd have a nice life you know, with someone else, there's a door um, and I wish you all the best. Take care. That says to them, I have other options. You Go do you. You do you. I do me. And I and there's no hard feelings. Watch them do a U-turn. Not, not, not come back through that door within a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a really great point because you, you think about a sales environment, the strongest negotiation position is someone that's prepared to walk away, right? It's the same with relationships. And I think, you know, for me and the relationship I have with Anna is the result of a lot of work, deep, deep work, self, self care, self love. And, and I, it's, it's pretty unusual what I'm experiencing. I want it to be more commonplace, but I, I think a good functional relationship should be fairly effortless there might be a few challenging conversations early on, particularly if you've got a hedonistic past and you've you know lived a life like I have. But the the premise with Anna and I was this: you can ask me anything you want as long as you're happy to hear the answer. That was the commitment that I made, and she took me up on that early on. And, and, and as things organically came out, there was some confronting things. I've lived a life, you know. But what it did, it set this really amazing foundation of trust, so that now there there is an implicit level of trust. You know, talk to me in 10 years, see how things are going, but it's heading in the direction that, that is healthy and functional. And, and some, something to think about as well from an evolutionary point of view, the male penis, right, when you ejaculate inside the female, if another penis goes in there and the, the pumping motion, right, it naturally extracts out the ejaculated semen from the first penis, right? Like you, you think about why does that happen? Well, what's happening there? You know, like, I don't know how to explain that. Got any ideas, Kezia? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> going to go down that route, mate. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. All right, listen, you're, you're asking me to talk about biology now and stuff. Like, <laughs> I come here just to teach men how to attract women and how to improve their dating skills. Um, not, not, uh, not the human reproductive system. <laughs> well, how do people find you, Kezia? Okay, so website, kezia-noble.com. Will you be providing a link or do I need to Oh, yeah, there'll be all the links will be there. You, and you've got an amazing YouTube channel, which is called? Uh, it's, well, <laughs> I'm laughing here because the name is so bad. It's just. I, I did it years ago. It's just Kezia2929. And I, I, it was kind of my lucky number and I never changed it. And it was like, oh, you should change it to Kezia Noble. And I said, no, it, it's a lucky number. Kez, so it's at Kezia2929. But the best thing to do is just go to my website, kezia-noble.com. And then you'll find all my links to my socials there, my YouTube, my Instagram and my Facebook. Um, and yeah, I'm also running, can I tell, say a little bit about my programs? Absolutely. Love to hear it. Yeah. So I've got my seven-day mastery program here in London, which is a seven-day uh, full immersion uh, program, 
and uh, we've got the acceleration home training program for guys that can't travel to London they can do the same it's like the equivalent of the seven-day mastery program online um, I've got my products my ebooks uh, my online training videos we've also got an academy coming up so if people want to go into coaching and they want to come and work with my team and myself uh, that's a really good opportunity it's called the Kezia Noble Academy it's a coaching academy and yeah and as you said there's loads of um, free content on my YouTube channel also well you're doing God's work I think and uh, you know for, for a young lady you've achieved tremendous amounts of success and we wish you all the best in the future and for those men and women that are that are struggling because you've got a whole team of wing men and wing women that people can hire to help them achieve their relationship goals and their dating and their sex goals sex goals sounds a bit crass but you get the drift right i like sex guys my sex goals. <laughs> i like it i'm gonna maybe take that one from you <laughs> you can have that one kezia do you have any concluding thoughts for our amazing audience today oh concluding thoughts kezia's concluding thoughts Give me the name of your new blog. My new blog. Kezia's concluding, concluding thoughts, thoughts, yeah. That would be good, yeah. No, listen, just um, your audience are mainly men or women? Uh, about 65% male. Mm-hmm. And uh, between the sweet spot of about early 20s to like mid 50s. So right in the zone. Okay. Look, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna speak to the men out there. Okay. I don't mean to alienate the women, but you know, this will help women too. This will help women too. Okay. Well, to the guys out there, um, get off those those dating apps for a bit. Go cold turkey. That forces you to approach and meet people organically. I'm not saying delete those dating apps forever. Personally, I would, but I do understand that some of you are living in areas where you know you just don't have that kind of access to beautiful women so having those dating apps as um an extra option is fine but it should be done something like you know when you're waiting for a bus you know um when you just come out of the shower and you're drying off whatever just quickly have a quick look yep okay that's how it should be it shouldn't be like dedicated you know spending hours in the evening you know um don't invest that kind of time into it and that will force you to, it will force you to meet women another way. So what the dating apps do is it just makes you lazy. You think it's a shortcut. It's not a shortcut. You know it's not a shortcut because you would, you know, have met your match by now and be happily, you know, living ever after. So, yeah, try and ditch those for a bit. It will force you to go approach women. It will force you to help with your conversation skills, your flirting skills, your general confidence and escalation skills too. Okay, that's my final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, Kezia Noble. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire you'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience go to podcastingheroes.com it's p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g-h-e-r-o-e-s.com